This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. Need a place to talk sports? You've come to the right place. CBS Sports Radio. Live from Milwaukee, it's Bart Winkler. CBS Sports Radio, I am Bart Winkler, David Shepard's here, Pete McCarthy on the updates, 855-212-4227, 855-212-4CBS, good to be with you again tonight as we wrap up a week of shows, and next week we will really dig into the Super Bowl matchup between the Chiefs and the 49ers, I am still on the side of the Chiefs, but I don't know that you bet against either of these quarterbacks specifically. Um, I think you could see a game where the running backs get involved a little more than they're being talked about. Really, really interesting. I got, I got, it's like, there's not, I mean, you think maybe the chiefs, but they're the underdog. Basically any outcome could happen. Maybe not a chiefs. Like the chiefs getting blown out. Probably won't happen. I don't know. I mean, Tampa beat them pretty good that year and they were hurt and they had injuries, but you never know. You, you never know. And isn't that what makes it exciting? You also never know who's going to call and what they're going to call about. And we are taking your calls tonight as we do. 855-212-4CBS. Dale's in Nova Scotia. What's up, Dale? What's going on, man? Hey. How's it going? Good. How are you? What's up? Uh, I want to comment about the Belichick uh, topic. Yeah. Um. Buddy, are you asked? Or buddy asked you, or you asked him um, if he thought Belichick would coach half a season? Yeah, would he take over that? for somebody if somebody had gotten fired? Yeah, in the middle of a season. Yeah, I think he would because even if they don't make the playoffs, I think that gives them the rest of that season to prepare the team for the following season. I think it would be based on an incentive for him to finish that season out, plus take on the team in the whole next season? Possibly, and it would get him closer if he's really, we're assuming he's really targeting the um, Don Shula record of 328 career wins. George Hallis is 318. Belichick's next at 302. So if That's he can, right. why wait? But I, I, the other thing is you don't see teams really – go and grab a new guy. Normally when they fire somebody mid season, they promote yeah. from within. 
So I don't know if like I I just I, I we don't see it enough in the NFL to know if it would work or not. Well, I think if he was offered it, I think he would probably accept based on the fact that he would be able to go there the fall on an incentive that yes, I'll come this year, but I want the whole next year too. With with the team that gives that way he could, you know what I mean? Work with the team have a, a chance to get them into the playoffs, maybe make them a contending team for the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, and what you kind of look at it is almost like a super long preseason because if Bill Belichick joins a team, like if he was the coach of the Dallas Cowboys, let's say, or the Eagles or whoever, you would expect that team to compete for a championship right away. But if he took over in week seven, week eight, week nine – well, then he can like start to get the culture going and almost get that extended preseason, maybe pick up a few wins, and then the next year they could really uh, go for exactly. it with little expectation in the first year. Yeah, maybe. And if, if they adapt it right away, they might even sneak in as like a wild card that year that he took over also, right? So, Yeah. Well, a lot to think about, Dale. Good call, man. Um, also, one more thing. Um, yeah. Uh, I know Brock Purdy, he's like, you know, he's not established as a veteran. Um, but one thing, Kansas City won their first Super Bowl with Mahomes. It was against San Francisco. I think that's been brewing in the 49er nation for the last five years. I think they have a lot to, uh, you know what I mean, to prove this time around. Um, Garoppolo was the quarterback back then. Purdy. You know, he's a pretty good quarterback. Maybe he's saving his good stuff for the Super Bowl when it counts the most, right? Um, yeah, yeah. However, he is playing against a Brady-like quarterback who wins big games. He knows how to bring his team back in big situations. Anyways, I'd like to see Purdy win, but it's going to be tough with Mahomes. He's basically like the next Brady-like quarterback in big game situations. Yeah, what's interesting about the Super Bowl, Dale, thanks for the call, is that both these guys are Brady. Now, their styles of play are obviously different. Well, I mean, Brock Purdy has been, I mean, the, the, some of these runs, I, I mean, I, I can't even pretend to lie. They've been tremendous. But both of these guys are like, they're like Brady. What I, what I mean by is, who do you bet against? You're going to bet against Patrick Mahomes? You're going to bet against that? Okay, your money. You're going to bet against Brock Purdy after you saw everything that he's been doing, the ways he's been able to win <laughs> your money. See, what do you, what do you do? And I, I know that this is not a gambling show and not everybody bets, but when you're making a prediction, I mean, how, how do you confidently like every prediction I feel like is going to be like, ah, I don't know, chief. I, I, I don't know. Niners. I give respect towards anybody who can confidently say, Oh no no no! I, the the Chiefs will win this game because of whatever reason. I that's oh the Forty ers will win this game because of the, the following reasons. I just I don't think that I can get to that point because the other guy is Brady. You're either betting on Brady or betting against Brady. What happens when Brady plays uh, plays Brady? Who wins? I do not know. Austin's in Milwaukee. You awake? Hey, Bart, yes, I am not sleeping like Big Ron in Jersey. God bless him. He might have hit uh, too many of those uh, Delta Nines from heavy play. <laughs> yeah. never know. What's up? Hey, um, 
So I didn't get a chance to call yesterday. I just had had two points. Um, What do you think about the Corbin Burns trade? And do you think they would have been better off waiting um, until the trade deadline for a contending team that might have dished out a little bit more? Um, Whether or not that would have happened. And then... Well, let me uh, answer that one first. The Brewers traded... Corbin Burns to the Orioles. Um, Brewers fans were, yeah, Brewers fans were excited two weeks ago because they signed Reese Hoskins. I think if the Burns trade happened first, I think a lot of people got upset about that trade, Austin, forgetting that like the Brewers aren't any good. Mm. I don't know that they would have gotten more at the deadline. You also had to take the risk of Corbin Burns pitching like he did that Cy Young year. You know, it's been kind of hit or miss lately. Yeah. And perhaps that's what got uh, Reese to come here. You never know. But and, and I think the Corbin Burns deal was inevitable, and he is a Cy Young um, winner. So I, I feel that, uh, you know, from a national perspective, <laughs> that uh, he, he is worthy of talking about. From a national perspective, I think it's a great trade for Baltimore. Yes, I, and I do too, and I hope that it yeah. works out for the Brewers. Um, and then uh, tor- towards the Super Bowl, um, I was just wondering on where you stand on, do you cheer for the team that knocked you out of the playoffs so that you can say that you lost to the team that beat you? Or can you honestly root again for the Chiefs because they're going to become the next Patriots. Because right now, as a Packer fan, I am going to be rooting for the Chiefs because I can't, I can't have the Niners win. And Brock Purdy is the ultimate underdog, and that's who I should be cheering for. Yeah, I think uh, good to talk to you, Austin. We'll talk soon. Thanks, right? Bart. That's Austin in Milwaukee. Um, I think, like, I, and we may have brought this up, but when the team I like loses, I don't continue to then root for the team that beat the team I like. It actually makes it worse for me. Some people, some people do that. Some people, I mean, you're just brains wired different. Some people like that where they say, well, if the team, if my team lost, I want to see that team win the title so that we could say, hey, we were close. We were one game away uh, from a championship. But to me, it's like, we were one game away from a championship, and it it hurts more when the team that uh, beat you then goes on and wins. Shep, your uh, Giants. I mean, every time they beat my Packers, I ain't rooting for the Giants. I was I was rooting for the Patriots. I was rooting for under you know I. It, it hurt more when the Giants win. Yeah, it didn't work out too well. You should have rooted for the Giants, and then we would have lost. So thank you in advance. And it sucks. This is what sucks. Somebody asked me this the other day. They said. Because I was very upset that the Niners had had won because they had beaten the Packers, who I like, and I was I wanted them to lose. They said, "Can't you just watch a game without a rooting interest?" And I said, "I want to desperately just watch a game and enjoy it." Um, and I feel like I was able to do that with last year's Super Bowl, where, but when the Packers make the playoffs like this, they get knocked out. And I, I, I'm always rooting against somebody. I feel like I'm always rooting against somebody. I'm never rooting for somebody in the Super Bowl. 
I'm always rooting against somebody. I just don't know how I, I really, and brains are wired different, but I don't know how you can say, oh, I'm glad that team won because they beat us. Like, what, what do you do with that? You put that in a plaque? What, what, <laughs> what, what, what how does that, how is that an achievement for you? Right. Um, my question for you is, and, and this kind of veers off of what you were talking about this week, but going into a different direction. Is there anything that Brock Birdie can do in this individual game where you say, you know what, I have to reassess, he's more than just good, or you have to see it for an entire season? No, if he plays like he did against the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday Night Football, then I will, then I will, then I'll say, oh, yeah, he is good. He's good. What will it take for you, Bart Winkler, to verbalize, man, Brock Purdy, he's special. Like, he is a difference maker. He's a game changer. He's one of the best in the NFL to do what he does. Um, I don't think there's anything in this game that he could do to make me think he's special. Got it. Got it. I think there's plenty he can do to make me, to make me say, ah, you know what? You know what? He he is he is great. He is top five. I think I could. I think if he had a kind of game where he really carried San Francisco on his back, and, and you know maybe McCaffrey's not hitting the holes right. Maybe, you know, Purdy's got these great plays that he's making and he's finding the guys in coverage or wide open or whatever they scheme. Uh, I could say, man, yeah, all right. There's there's no denying it. This guy's won a Super Bowl. He's won a bunch of games. Uh, he's a great quarterback. I, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think one game is going to make me say, like, he's, he's special. Like, that's something I've never seen before. What what about you? What about you? What would, what would have to happen for you to think? You know what? I've been overrating this guy. Okay. Well, on, on the um, on the opposite of that, I would say if Brock Purdy is Brock Purdy against the Ravens, then I had him pegged wrong. Um, I look at what he did, not just against the Packers and against the Lions, but I look at the way he did it. Right, the first time around, it was accuracy. It was great reads. It was knowing how to take advantage of play action, right? He did that against the Packers. Sorry, Bart, to bring that up, but he did. Secondly, the next game, that's the best wheels I've ever seen out of Brock Purdy in his entire two-year career. I know it's a short career, but I've never seen that Brock Purdy before. Not that uh, it was startling. Right, exactly. So, Bart, there's, there is a, there is a, there is a je ne sais quoi to this guy. There is a magic. I don't want to bring up Tim Tebow, but, but that year— in 2011, when he went on that run, there was just something—obviously, he ran against the Patriots, and then that completely shifted. But up until that point, there was something magical about Tebow where he just found ways to win. And obviously, Brock Purdy's a much better quarterback, but it's the same conceptually. He just finds ways to win. And in that regard, he's very similar to Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady. Now, he has as good a team as anybody in the NFL— so if he becomes the Brock Purdy version of, you know, against the Ravens where the game becomes too big for him, where he freezes like a deer in headlights in the biggest of moments, I owe you an apology, Bart, and I owe everyone an apology for going so hard on Brock Purdy. In terms maybe of even greatness. a couple. Yeah, fair maybe enough. a couple of them. But Bart, I just— One he, a night, maybe. But he never—fair enough. But he never, <laughs> ever squanders the big moments, ever. And, and you—I I, I really believe there's something to this. The fact that he was the last overall pick in the draft, there was no pressure on this guy. He's already won. 
He's already overachieved and exceeded all expectations in his career. He's playing with house money at this point. I think if he were a top-notch pick, there'd be a lot of pressure on Brock Purdy. He doesn't have that. He doesn't have the same expectations as a Trevor Lawrence, as a Justin Herbert. So he's playing freely, Bart, and I think he's going to play really well in that Super Bowl. I can't take him against Mahomes, but I wouldn't be surprised either. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. I am uh, the Monday after the Super Bowl show. I am either very excited to do it or mortified to do it. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I you, you might get the uh, the Super Bowl flu the next day for me, Shep. If uh, if Purdy goes and throws her five touchdowns, oh, then you have to do the show. <laughs> John's in Illinois. What's up with you, John? Hey, um, I had a question first for you about wrestling, which I'm glad you talked about that a little bit. Um, what do you think about um, having fighting champions? Uh, Roman Reigns doesn't seem to be a fighting champion. He only does the pay-per-views, and then when he does the pay-per-views, he only wins because he, he gets help from the bloodline. Yeah, I like it when I, – I mean, I get it that it's, it's like a attraction when he's there, but also, like, you can't take three months off at a time and not defend your title, man. Right, and then we got now you got the YouTuber guy. They gave him the United States title, and then he doesn't even show up for anything but uh, paper. Let him keep yeah, there's a lot going on right now in the E. And, uh, so I'm kind of hoping this uh, new company that owns WWE they they get to uh, or they have the the titles get uh, defended on you know Monday and Friday night and uh, um. But I am excited about some of the new things like that. Uh, I'm really excited about this Jade Cargill, but I'm waiting to see what they do with her. Are they going to put her with Bianca Belair as a tag team? Or are they going to have the two face off against each other? This is where I would like to talk to you about this for another 15 minutes, but I do think we have to pivot to another, okay. something non-wrestling. One, one quick uh, football I might give you – maybe I'll give you my personal phone, and I'll call you after the show if we can talk about this. Okay. I got one quick <laughs> uh, football question on um, – I was listening to Chicago Sports Radio, and then they never went back and talked about it today, but there was a supposed deal that was going to happen between uh, Chicago for the first-round pick and uh, Houston. And uh, what's your thought on that? Do you think Where Houston would trade for the first-round pick? That's what I'm hearing because I guess uh, this Williams wants to play for Houston. Yeah, well, they got C.J. Stroud. Right, they got C.J. Stroud. Are you thinking Stroud, of a different but... team? But this uh, this Williams said that for a while he was saying he wouldn't play for Chicago. You got to be thinking of a different team, right? There's no way that. Well, that's what. There's I'm, no way that I'm the going. Texans Stroud, are going. Stroud had such an excellent year. I can't see Houston giving him up. But if uh, if this Caleb Williams is the quarterback of the century, like everybody's praising him to be, maybe you get rid of a guy that uh, can get you the playoffs but didn't get you in the Super Bowl. Well, I do want to talk more about the uh, Caleb Williams kind of uh, – thanks for the call, John. The the rumors, the does he want to play for the Bears thing, and what should they do? And we kind of touched on it a little bit yesterday, but I do think this is like the biggest decision. Really, I, I think this is the biggest draft decision, man, since uh, Manning Leaf. Like this is a huge decision, what they do, because what they can get in a trade is so vast. They have a guy who I think is good, capable, could get better. 
We'll talk some Chicago Bears coming up. 855-212-4227. I'm Bart Winkler, CBS Sports Radio. It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio. Seattle, like we never were anywhere close to touching the first overall pick. And the more that I got ready for this interview and started watching Bryce, looking at my notes from his eval, I mean, that's just a year ago. You know, we're, we're evaluating him as a player, as a person. And with all the information that we could, I just got more and more fired up about the opportunity to have this amazing talent. And he's the guy. He's the right guy that you all that we all talk about when we have that quarterback, that that franchise, face of the franchise type of player. Um, and that got me really excited. This is the Bart Winkler Show. Listen Monday through Friday, nighttime and nationwide, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern and 7 to 10 p.m. Pacific on CBS Sports Radio. 42-year-old Dave Canales, the new head coach of the Carolina Panthers, very excited about Bryce Young. Having him as his quarterback, Bryce Young, becoming the Panthers quarterback as they traded with the Bears last year for that number one pick. The Bears received DJ Moore, who was good this season, uh, the number nine pick, a second round pick, the first round pick this year, which turned out to be number one, and then a second round pick still next year. That's a pretty big haul. And reportedly, the Bears could get more for the number one pick overall this year than what they got last year. So what do you do if you are the Chicago Bears? Do you say, I mean, this is, again, an offer that is too good to pass up? Maybe trade with another team and somehow luck into the number one overall pick again? Do, do you Do you do that? Um, and if you do that, you're kind of committing to Justin Fields, who I think the Bears like, but they're going to have to figure out about his fifth-year option soon. Uh, guy's set to be a free agent in 26. Got to, I mean, you got you got to decide on the fifth-year option. So he'll make about six million this year, and then uh, they'll they'll kick the option, and then you're to the 25-30 range or whatever it's going to be. But that's a big decision, especially when. You do like Justin Fields. He is kind of like a good example and a good representation of the culture you're trying to build there. You've had a lot of teammates say, why would we get rid of this guy? There's still certainly room for improvement. Um, You'd like to see them win more. I thought that if he could have beat the Green Bay Packers in week 18, that would really have helped this conversation kind of lead towards Justin Fields, as quirky as that may sound. But I think it's... It, it, there's a lot of factors at play. One, how do you feel about Justin Fields? Two, is Caleb William re- like Williams really the can't miss prospect? Uh, three, does he want to play for you? Now there's been like weird reporting that maybe Caleb Williams doesn't want to play for Chicago, and then it turns out that you no, know, he actually would be fine playing for Chicago, and they don't want to do you know the whole thing that um, John Elway did all those years ago. I think if Caleb Williams got drafted by the Bears, he would go play for the Bears. I don't think he's going to do that. The Bears, while they have been bad for a long time, uh, this this is still a 
reputable franchise, and it does seem like they are, like they they've they've hired and rehired and fired and just different coaches and general managers and trying to team presidents and just trying to figure out a good combination. I think they got a good combination right now. I think they got a good combination right now. Now it's up to, you know, what do you do with this decision? It is a massive decision. And there's so many different factors at play. Like there is the factor of how much do you like Justin Fields? There's a factor of what do you feel about Caleb Williams? We're going to assume right now that that's who they would pick. But then also what could you get for Justin Fields? Like, or, or for, well, that's part of it too. What could you get for Justin Fields? But also what could you get if you traded the number one overall pick? There was an article at ESPN today that was kind of trying to figure out like what they could get back from certain teams. Um, Like with the commanders, you could get the second overall pick. All right. You're still drafting high and then a second round pick, maybe a fourth round pick. Uh, I think the bears knowing that they got some future picks, they could do that again. You could get a couple of future picks from the Patriots. If they wanted to move up Uh, the Cardinals have some picks. They got two in the first round and then number 35, you could really, continue to improve and enhance your team. It kind of depends on like how far away do you think you are? And they traded for um, what? Some defensive skill. They got Montez sweat who then they re-signed to a long deal. Uh, they've got the, uh, you know, Eddie Jackson. They're trying to figure out what to do with uh, Jalen Jones. Just some of these other guys. Like there's a lot of different angles that you could take this trade. So I just wonder what they're going to do with it. I, I just, there's so many different options. You would like to like look into a crystal ball and say, I don't need to know like what the future holds, but can you just tell me at least what the best decision is? That'd be nice. Um, and with the bears, unfortunately, a lot of times they've made the wrong one drafting a Trubisky over Mahomes. How different is this league? If Patrick Mahomes was the Chicago Bears quarterback, or would they have ruined him? With all due respect to my friends uh, south of the border in Chicago. John is in South Carolina. Hey, John. Hey, big guy. Good show. A lot of fun. Uh, The Chicago thing, one out of three of those top three quarterbacks picked are going to make it, and two out of three don't. You keep fields, you keep making the Panthers the gift that keeps on giving, trade away that number one. You get all sorts of stuff you need. Justin Fields is still in play. And down the road, if he's not in play, you still can dump him, get something. And you got all those draft picks, like you said, you might end up with another number one chance at the top quarterback or something. And the way these quarterbacks fail so often, to, for Houston to think about, you know, whatever the other guy was talking about, trading away Houston, uh, they're getting rid of Stroud. Well, he's the one out of three that hit. Bryce Young hasn't. The other guys haven't. So you wouldn't get rid of him for anything, I would imagine. And uh, Purdy, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Purdy, Purdy, Purdy. He's Purdy, Purdy, Purdy is. Yeah, he's young. He's good. He's not superstar great yet. He's not, you know, the second coming of all the guys combined. He's on the best team in the NFL. He did a little nice running. Okay, well, in one game, let's see him do it, you know, three, four more years. And then you have a chance about talking about how good Brock Purdy is. And, yeah, he can make it really bad by just bursting the bubble real quick in the Super Bowl next year, and then all the conversation was like a big joke. Hey, man, it's always good listening, and I'm going to just take it off and watch you laugh at me or listen to you laugh at me.
Bye. No, no, nothing to laugh at here, John. Good call. 855-212-4227. Yeah, and I don't want to, I don't, I guess I don't want to, like with all this Purdy conversation, I don't want Sunday to steer the boat one way too far either way. Like, but that's going to happen. I if he has a good game, he's going to be anointed. And if he has a bad game, you're going to have people like me take a... <laughs> but I still think he's good. Remember, I do still think he's good. Richard's in Pennsylvania. Hey, Richard. Hey, Bart. Hey, uh, I'm I'm off the wall here tonight. Um, this hmm. NFL flag football game. Uh, can you bet on this? Oh, the Pro this... Bowl? Yeah. I don't it's... know. Uh, let me look. Um, oh, yeah, check that out for me. I know who's going to make you out of the deal, Las Vegas. I don't know if you can. I don't know if anybody's offering betting on the Pro Bowl. I'm sure it has to be, don't you think? Yeah, you would think you could bet on pretty much everything. I mean, you know all about sports. Come on, you should be able to figure this one out. Oh, I'll tell you what. You can bet on this. You can bet on it, but nobody has, like, you're basically just flipping a coin. Like, you can bet, yeah, do you think the AFC wins? Or the NFC wins, but there's is that it? there's not well, really a spread, and there's they're no. both like you're both you're both giving juice to the you're not like if you can bet ten dollars and win nine bucks kind of thing. <laughs> well, that's impressive. Uh, yeah. But no, I'm not a betting man. I don't know if you are Bart, and I don't know if you profess to be a betting man. But I'm not a betting man because I I put six dollars in the thirteen jar up the Legion on Sunday and. All the numbers were black, so I guess that took care of my betting for a year. Wow. Yeah, I'm not a gambler, but I'm sure there's a lot of guys that like to gamble on this thing, on this football game, on this flag. Whoever came up with this stuff, whoever whoever thought of playing the flag football game for the pros, who who in the heck's going to watch this thing? That's my first question. Well, they'll get about, uh, Richard, thanks for the call. They'll get about four or five million people watching this on Sunday. It's on Sunday afternoon. Uh, this Sunday's pretty light, I think. I think there's like a NASCAR clash at the Coliseum or something Sunday night. Um, you know, NBA games. The NHL All-Star game, I think, is on Saturday. So the Sunday's pretty light. So, I mean, you, you've been used to watching football for the last 25 Sundays. You might turn it on. I am still very upset that this thing exists because the Pro Bowl at least gave you a semblance of a game. And the problem was nobody was tackling anymore. But I bet you, you miss it. That was better than this. This is the last day of school sort of nonsense. Oh, okay, school's out. Let's have a fun day. That's what this nonsense is. I want the actual game back. 855-212-4227. More from you. Uh, I do want to discuss LeBron James is midnight tweeting again. And this one's kind of interesting. Uh, and he got an interesting response from the, um, well, not the actual Knicks, but he's getting some interesting responses. But uh, LeBron James, I want to talk about his his latest tweet because I, I, I think he's up to something. It's the Bart Winkler Show on CBS Sports Radio.
start spreading the news. <laughs> These pretzels are making me thirsty. This is the Bart Winkler Show. Listen Monday through Friday, nighttime and nationwide, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern and 7 to 10 p.m. Pacific on CBS Sports Radio. You may be like, what the hell is that about? And there's really no reason behind why we just played that other than I said it probably 37 times during the commercial. Um, I was talking with Shep, but I wasn't really talking. I was just saying these pretzels are making me thirsty, Adam, for two and a half minutes. Um, and he was quick on the trigger there. So with the New York kind of uh, play-in, got me thinking all New Year's Eve here. PR, PR, he is part of the uh, Uninterrupted, co-creator of the Emmy award-winning show, The Shop. I believe LeBron's involved in that. He just tweeted a uh, emoji of an apple. And then LeBron James, this is a half hour ago, LeBron James tweeted an emoji of the Statue of Liberty and then emoji of a crown, which... A lot of people are leading to believe that King James wants to go play New York City, which uh, I think I think he I think he I think he does. I think he would waive his no trade calls to go play in New York. I think he sees what the Knicks are doing, and that he's always had an affinity to the Knicks. Um, you know, at this point, like LeBron's played in four different places. Who cares? He's played with the Lakers. He's played with the Heat. Legendary franchises. Played with the Cavs. Got his hometown team a title. Why not? Why not go play with the Knicks? But if the like, if the would should we even entertain this, Shep? Would the Knicks want LeBron James? They're fifteen and two in their last seventeen. LeBron James is still one of the best players in the world. What are you giving up for him? Is a question. They already traded a bunch of dudes to the Raptors. Right. I. You're right. Um, Do you have to give him like. The good guys that have made this go. <laughs> the thing about professional sports, and you said this to be true, and I agree, momentum is a real thing. But another thing that you cannot quantify, you cannot measure, is chemistry. This Knicks team has so much chemistry, Bart. Like what they've been able to do now without Julius Randle. And Jalen Brunson is playing like an incredible specimen. Like he's playing like he's literally an MVP candidate. Here's the problem. If I'm getting LeBron the IQ, the experience, then the skill, I don't care what age he is, I'm taking him. The problem is when you bring in LeBron, he's the fastest guy in the NBA to set records. He's also the fastest guy in the NBA to point fingers. He never, ever takes accountability and responsibility when he comes up short. He's always pointing the finger. He's always putting coaches under the bus. He's throwing players under the bus. He's having this non-passive, non-aggressive, you know, passive-aggressive moji, whatever he does on Twitter. And he does this every year. He does this every year. Every year. And he did this. You, you, you know, you referenced it. When they made those trades and they got Rodney Hood and Larry Nance and, and Jordan Clarkson. This is back in 2018. Like, he brings so much drama. Like, I, I can tell you from personal experience, like, LeBron is one of the smartest individuals you will ever meet on and off the basketball court. He's also one of the biggest drama queens, and he's also one of the biggest divas. And you don't need that in festering the locker room right now if you're a New York Knicks uh, organization and player. I think, look, uh, I was talking about WWE before. They have Cody Rhodes, who was supposed to take on Roman Reigns, 
but they're going to give us The Rock versus Roman Reigns instead. And The Rock versus Roman Reigns is a dream match. And LeBron and the Knicks is a dream pairing. But right now it's Cody's time. <laughs> and right now it's these other Knicks' time. I don't like I don't I think Knicks fans, if they found out they traded for LeBron James, they'd be immediately like, oh no, did we give up did we give up Dante? Correct. Correct. Did, did, we didn't give up hard, did we? Who 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 did we give up? I think they'd be mad. Um one of my buddies texted me, this was at like four o'clock today. He said, Can we get a Bardo meter on the top ten NBA title contenders? <laughs> I'm curious to see where the machine puts the Knicks. I said, Yeah, maybe we'll do that next week after the trade deadline. Personally, I think the Knicks might be the real deal. He says, yeah, I still don't trust Julius Randle, but it's hard to argue with how good they've been. And then I said, can't wait till LeBron gets traded there and ruins it. (laughs) See, Bart, to that point, if this were Jokic, um, there's not a player in the world the Knicks wouldn't want to give up for him because he makes everyone around him better, and you never hear this guy sulk and complain. He always rises to the occasion, and he's never the individual that's going to be the diva and pout when things don't go the right way. LeBron is the—I'm telling you, the reason why so many old-school heads do not like LeBron, we're blown away by his ability to sustain greatness. We understand what he's doing at 39 years old is unprecedented. But he is also one of the worst teammates when things don't go according to plan. And New York doesn't have time for that right now, Bart. It's 50-plus years without an NBA championship. We don't need any more drama and suspense. 855-212-4227. Just something that I saw. You know, it's midnight, so you got to be on. It's midnight the week before trade deadline. The trade deadline on Thursday. So you got to be on LeBron emoji tweet watch. Sean is in San Francisco. Hi, Sean. Hey, Bart. How are you? Oh, another preteen. Are you a teenager at least? How old are you? Yeah, I'm 13. Oh, the big one three. What's up, Sean? Not too much. Uh, I didn't see that wrong tweet where he posted the Statue of Liberty. Kind of, kind of weird. Yeah, well, you got it's, a, it's under replies. He replied to someone, so it's like hidden on his feed, but not really. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nothing's hidden. What's up? But, I mean, I wanted to talk a little 49ers. I mean, I'm super excited for the Super Bowl coming up in eight days. Yeah, pretty soon here. Uh, you've got, yeah, well, you got Brock Purdy wearing your number, 13 years old. Uh, you probably look older than him, too, I'm sure. <laughs> what do you think about the game? How, how How's it going to go? Well, I remember I, last time we played the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, I was nine. And, like, I still, like, like I still got the game. Like, I still, like, wanted the 49ers to win. Bad, and I, it really took me hard when I lost. But, like, I feel like I've matured a lot and like seen the game so much more and you know it, it's much more of a big deal now than it was four years ago man i'm not like rooting for the niners but i do kind of hope like I, well, I saw the i saw the packers win uh the super bowl my first time i was 12 and so that's like similar age man and i was so into it i was at my grandparents house i remember it so well Ah, I kind of want that moment for you, but again, I don't want your team to win, so I'm conflicted. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it still hit. I it really took me until like April to get over it. Like, you know, oh yeah, it takes a long time. Because I've seen like the Niners and the or the Warriors and the uh, Giants win all those championships, but I mean, I was obviously too young to like appreciate it so much because they were winning them so often. Yeah, um, 
And now, uh, I don't know what the Giants are up to. Hey, I put, you're too young for this, but I put some money on the Warriors to win the West tonight. I still believe. <laughs> well, no, I, he, I was at the game when Draymond uh, choked Rudy Gobert out. <laughs> you were? Yeah. He's doing that in front of children? <laughs> yeah. What a My disgrace. Friend. I didn't. I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was that bad when I first saw it. And then my friend sent me a picture of what he actually did, and it was. It, it did not look good. Well, hey, uh, good luck. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Um, you know, you've had a lot of championships in your life. Here's to another one. Thank you, Bart. All right, Sean in San Francisco. Shep, is this normal? I mean, is this this is not normal, right? You get the youth on your side. You get all ages, but the youth in particular, um, they really want to connect with you. That's a great thing, man. It shows your fatherly wisdom. I feel like I feel like I'm a father to some of these children. I mean, I could I could have been his father. So could I. I mean, we're that age. Yeah, yeah. Thirteen. God, I couldn't have. I couldn't imagine having a kid. That my I had a kid. So I was when was he born? I was thirty five. See, Bart, which uh, right. is old, but. It's not that old. I mean, I'm older than that, and I still don't have a kid. I'm not even married. So I, I don't know how you're doing what you're doing. My high school girlfriend, there was a trend going around, um, like post a picture of you when you were 21. Did you see that today? Uh, no, I was too busy working. Yeah, I was Sorry. sitting at home. <laughs> um, there was, there was a, a trend today, like post a picture of you at 21, and she was a girlfriend in high school. We didn't obviously get married or anything. But she uh, she posted a picture of herself at 21, and she's holding her baby. I forgot she had a ba- she had a baby at 21. Yeah, that, like I mean, ma- she was married young, and she got she had, like her kids are like like her kids could like beat me up. Is how old they are. You know what you know what a 21 year old having a baby is called. Uh oh, it's called what? no, it's called it's called a kid having a kid. That that's what that is. Oh yeah. Well, my my dad, my parents had me at like 22. That's see that's that's remarkable. And my grandma had my dad at like nineteen. Right. That's now now the the boomers had were um they they had very young they had very yeah. young parents the, the the greatest generation. But yeah, that's atypical. Because they they had kids young because they had to fill up because they could buy houses for thirty thousand dollars. Wow, what's that like? <laughs> and so they're like, well, we got this extra room, we might as well have a kid. And then they're like, How, can we afford it? Yeah, yeah, our our car only costs thirteen dollars, so. Milk's a nickel. One more hour to play with. CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.